Hello, and welcome to the Art of Living Well podcast. I'm Stephanie May Potter, and I'm here with my co-host, Marnie Dachis-Marmette. We created the Art of Living Well podcast to empower you to live your happiest, healthiest, and most authentic life. Each week, we will bring you inspiring and motivating conversations covering health and wellness topics, including fitness, mindset, food, travel, product reviews, and strategies from a variety of experts, including our own bank of knowledge. We are excited to educate, motivate, and inspire you to change the way you perceive health and discover your art of living well. Get ready to feel inspired. Before we jump right into today's conversation, we wanted to share a couple of important updates. We are starting our own Art of Living Well book club, and we would love for you to join us in reading the last Law of Attraction book you'll ever need to read by Andrew Cap, who was on episode number 45 of our podcast, and we'll be hosting a discussion on the book on November 12th at 1130 Central Time, and you can click the link in the show notes to sign up for this free event. And then the next update is an exciting program that we just developed. It's a 30-day Thrive During the Holiday Season program, and it's going to run from November 16th to December 13th. And it's going to be all about staying festive, fun, and feeling fabulous during this holiday season, which I know is going to look and feel very different than it has in years past. But it'll be a private community where you will receive mindset tips, recipes, weekly lives, and so much more with a group of other like-minded people. And we would absolutely love to have you join us. And you can head on over to the link in the show notes and, of course, message us or reach out with any questions. And then finally, we would love for you to rate and review this podcast. If you are enjoying these episodes, please head over to Apple Podcast and give the Art of Living Well podcast a rating and review. Doing so really helps our podcast get found in searches so that more people can benefit from the information and all of the interviews that we share. And of course, if you're enjoying an episode, please feel free to share it with anyone you think may benefit from the information and tag us on social media. And now let's jump right into today's conversation. All right, welcome to the Jordan and John podcast. No, wait, no, this is still the Art of Living Well podcast. But you got John and Jordan talking first. And, you know, we were just chatting, reflecting on our own uh, our own marriages, our spouses, how we met them, the salt and pepper concept. I don't know, Jordan, what are you thinking? Uh, I'm thinking this is uh, off to a salty start. Oh, wow. <laughs> Let's add some spice to that with some pepper. You know, the complementary nature of those two things, they go together well, but they are definitely not the same. And nor is this podcast, because this is a bonus episode, and we've hijacked it from the ladies. So how did you meet? <laughs> you know, it's funny. I had to leave the country to meet Stephanie. You know, two Americans stuck in London, but it's a great place to meet working as, uh, as young 20-somethings. And, uh, you know, it's stuck. Got great experiences early and great experiences since. How about you guys? So we met way back when. We were in uh, our freshman year of college, and we're next-door neighbors in our dorm and started dating what like two months October into the school 4th. year yeah so that's our anniversary that's our real anniversary our rena- real anniversary if you want to call it a real anniversary were you okay. quarantined our dataversary uh we were not quarantined at the time there was no <laughs> covid <laughs> this is way days, before you COVID. Can outside of quarantine <laughs> <laughs> right no kidding very different freshman year experience than the kids that are having today exactly <laughs> 
yeah, so we were young and dated for a long time and had our ups and downs and made it through and got married, did live abroad as well. Uh, spent four years in, in Israel while I was in med school and uh, survived that and made it back to, to lovely Minnesota. But Jordan, you're not from here, right? I'm not. I'm from California originally, but I like to say I escaped after high school. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lovely place to visit. Exactly. And neither John nor I are from Minnesota. We're both transplants, so. Yeah. We're transplants. Yeah. From the East Coast, different places, right? I struggle to think Rochester, New York is on the East Coast, but that's where Stephanie's from. <laughs> <laughs> um, I am from, in fact, the East Coast in New Jersey, grew up on the Jersey Shore. Um, and you may see a little bit of the Jersey coming out during this episode, too. So I've been mellowing slowly. I'm from New Jersey to Chicago to Minnesota. Talk about going from aggressive to passive-aggressive. That's quite a transition. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> what I want to know is how do you say orange juice? Depends on who I'm talking to. <laughs> I can go from my... I can, you know, like, water is a great example. Yeah. Because water is actually water, which is water. Three words, the same thing. Depends on where you are. But my friends in Jersey still say, hey, hey, get some water. What? Or orange you. juice. Orange, orange. Yeah. Chicago, New Jersey. Minnesota. You wear yeah. sneakers. So you, you haven't picked up any any Queens English though, I notice. Uh, only only when I have to, you know, having lived there during the um, uh, primary Harry Potter um, moment in Which history, is awesome. um, there was a lot of times people would ask me. Actually, when I say, I mean, my last name is English, right? Potter. But in England, if you say Potter, they think you say putter. So I had I had to I had to say putter. Potter, Potter, so they would understand how to spell Potter. But it's very funny. I mean, if you were like ever like checking in at a hotel, yeah, John Potter. Yeah, John Potter, and they're like Potter. We don't have a Potter. I'm like Potter. Oh yes, Mr. Potter. You just sing it a little bit, you know. Sound of music then comes back, where you kind of sing along everything. And I can only sing one note. I'm a strict monotone, so it doesn't really carry beyond that one. We, we, we will not be singing on this episode, for sure. No. Not unless you want to end early. Yeah. <laughs> so why are we having you guys on the show? It's because all of our audience is dying to hear who we're married to, right? And what they really want to know is, do they eat as healthy as their wives? And did you eat healthy before you met? Each of us. Or do you not eat healthy? Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I think there's a wide range of concepts included in that question. <laughs> but I'll start with one interesting contrast. Um, I grew up, um, my mom in particular, my family, everything was made from scratch. We were not a processed food box family. So to me, eating always was oriented around whole foods, original ingredients starting from scratch. And I learned to cook from my mom. And thus, I always learned how to cook based on putting ingredients together. Not a lot of pre-done ingredients. So that's how I cook. Now, what ingredients I use and their origins and whether they're organic and other things are things I've learned from my spouse or focused on more as she's learned more about these things and the importance of those. But to me, that notion of being able to know all the components of what you're eating has always been fundamental to me. She's definitely augmented some of the components, which has been good, you know, in the learning curve. Yeah. I mean, one of the first conversations we had around cooking 
was like the taco seasoning, and my mom just always bought like the package, and you dumped it all in, like El Paso, or yes. like one of those. And he was like, "What are you doing?" And he gets all the spices and makes his makes his own. And I remember clearly you telling me that you'd never had brownies in your house that your mom made that were made out of a box. And that's like I thought the only way to make a brownie, you know. So, and here we are. But what about you, Jordan? Uh, so I I grew up definitely not eating as healthy as we eat now, but um, but it's been a journey, mm-hmm. and uh, and and a good one. And we eat a lot less uh, meat and a lot less processed foods, a lot more vegetarian. Um, I did introduce Marnie to tofu when we were what like nineteen, twenty, something like I, that. I oh, wow. didn't know what it was even. <laughs> So, um, so I, I have some California, you know, in me. Yes. Um, but I'd say we eat we eat pretty healthy now. Uh, we you you meat. eat healthier than I do, <laughs> for sure. Um, but uh, but we've made changes slow and steady, which I think is the way to do it, right? That's the coaching that we get, uh, slow and steady, and uh, and I enjoy my food, and that's most important, right? Exactly. I think that the interesting part is about how you introduce different concepts. My my mom's from California. I have a definite influence from the California side. Um, but, you know, the notion, we took a trip on our way back from being abroad. We were in Thailand. And we took a cooking class. And it was, it was, it was first of all, I love Thai food. But the balancing of the four key elements, salty, savory, uh, sweet, and spicy. And if the four things are in balance, it usually leads to success in what you're cooking. But it starts with knowing the, the fundamental things you need to do to affect those. So one of the things I introduced to Stephanie was spicy. Mm. relative to where she had started, which I know I joke in Minnesota, ketchup is not spicy. It's actually just a base condiment. <laughs> but also like some of the more stronger flavors like garlic, which is now, you know, it's, it's a phenomenal um, uh, food, but also something that, you know, unless you enjoy it, it's something that people can be very versed to. And learning to try new things, whether it be mushrooms or I mean, beets. Beets is something I never liked as a kid. Now I'm kind of phenomenal. Could be the goat cheese that goes with it, but still, it's phenomenal. Yeah. But when you roast them at home and they're so fresh, I mean, it's uh-huh. like candy. But I will have to say, to give you credit, you're the one that taught me how to cook. I may have like been part of the ingredients and finding the recipes and eating more vegetables and that sort of thing, but you definitely, the skills around cooking, I have to give you 100% credit. That's for. where it's funny, because we're definitely different types of cooks. You're the chemist, <laughs> which is also why you're a better baker than me, and I'm the creative side. Which is funny because she'll say, well, that was great. What would you put in it? I'm like, I don't know. I was just <laughs> cooking. And you're very precise around, well, we've got to be able to recreate it. And so you're, you know, the more the more specific, which I, you get from your mom. Your mom was definitely on the, well, she talked about chemistry baking. to yeah. begin with. But, you know, she was very precise on the chemical reactions and specifics from more intuitive, which right. makes a good compliment. Also hard to Back align. Back to the salt and, and pepper. Know. Well, and yeah. I don't think either of us were particularly good cooks coming into this relationship, in all honesty. But he's definitely more precise, and I'm more like, ah, just I don't like following recipes. I struggle with that. Yeah. And that's why I'm not a big, good baker, although I'm learning. I've gotten better in the last, since COVID. <laughs> Very recently. Well, I, I will say we did uh, explore the uh, sourdough um starter yep and we successfully baked um one batch i'll say success meaning it was baked wouldn't exactly rise and then we proceeded to kill our sourdough starter so we're not very good at nurturing things that require feeding once a month yeah (laughs) we might try it again though i just do like i think this winter we could yeah if we have to go into the 
house again for months. Yeah. It would be a good thing to try again. For maybe, sure. Right? Yeah. That's a fun COVID hobby. Yeah. I think, it, yeah. It I had the potential be... for it. Uh-huh. Absolutely. So have you guys learned anything from us and our health and wellness journeys? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I look back at, at some of the things and the concepts that Stephanie's introduced, things she's talked about, even the discussion around new information and what, you know, what helps shape your perspective on the choices you make. Because a lot of these are choices and they're on a spectrum of, you know, is there an absolute yes or no? For most things, not necessarily. But is there a better or worse, or this much or that much? How do you moderate, et cetera? I think that's where you start to realize the impacts of choices and then making a, a series of choices that cumulatively create better balance. Right? And that's why, you know, Stephanie and I do eat differently. Right? I, 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 what the balance that I'm trying to seek and the balance she seeks are different, but it doesn't mean either is necessarily right or wrong. They can coexist. And to the, you know, the discussion earlier, I mean, especially, I mean, when I was traveling for work, I had more opportunities to make unique choices, which I would tell her I was making often quite consistent with a lot of the things that she would do. Um, you might have been a little skeptical at times. But since I haven't gone anywhere in six months, my eating choices have been very consistent with Stephanie's because right. we eat every meal together. Uh-huh. <laughs> Jordan, what have you learned? I'd say we've, uh, I've really learned a ton from you, Marnie. I, I've, um, I would say we, we cook a lot, uh, ourselves We're making, you know, using whole ingredients. We, um, as I mentioned before, a lot less on the meat side, uh, we're doing a lot of plant-based foods, plant-based proteins. I did a detox with you about six months ago. I know, John, you've done a couple detoxes already, and um, I really enjoyed that. I thought it was, it was a challenging week. It was a week when I gave up caffeine, which was a crutch of mine. Uh, I, I, I think I was a caffeine addict, having a couple cups of coffee a day, and was able to kick that habit. Um, a couple cups. A couple cups it was today. Like seven cups. No, not seven. <laughs> but that's maybe okay. more like three, maybe three <laughs> large three, ones. Three like huge cups. <laughs> that's a couple pints. So, right. <laughs> so um, I think you know, from that perspective, from the balance perspective, um, it's still a journey trying to get more sleep, trying to get more balance. But uh, I, I've I've learned a ton from you, Martin. So talking about sleep a little bit, I know that's something that Marnie and I discuss quite frequently, and I know I'm a big sleep stickler in our house. I mean, I have been since the kids were born. I was reading books on sleep when they were like infants. Um, I was sleeping when she was reading those yeah. books. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Um, but what do you, are your sleep patterns similar? Because Marnie and I like talk about you know going to bed around ten and waking up by six and sort of getting on that cycle, but. Um, yeah, why don't you guys share what you're... Yeah, why don't you share, Martin? <laughs> I'm interested to hear your answer. So I'm still going to work when Marnie's going to bed. I'm still logging some hours, but that's that's some of my effective time. Um, I get less sleep than Marnie for sure, but I don't think I need quite as much sleep as you do. I, I probably need more than I'm currently getting, but less than, less than Marnie. I think I would be fine with a midnight to six. Kind of schedule six hours of sleep would probably be good, but I often get less than that. I'm more in the midnight to eight category, <laughs> um, partially because well, you know they during quarantine I think. Well, yeah, it's that it, it afforded me the option of sleeping till eight, but when you have a thirty second commute, it's pretty easy that way. <laughs> uh, 
But, you know, part of it is also the wind-down time and the relaxation time and just letting your mind unwind on things. Um, sometimes, like, I'd often find that we'd, I'd, I'd go from work to kids' activities, then back to work, and then unwinding. I think this is, certainly in the past six months, there's a little bit, of, it'll, a little bit less of that iteration. Um, but no, Stephanie's definitely asleep before I am, uh, and awake before I am in the morning. Yes. Something to improve on. Exactly. <laughs> you guys could stay up later. <laughs> I mean, he's I working, so it's not like we'd be hanging out. <laughs> We're still so, on uh, season two of Game of Thrones, so you know we could throw in yeah. some. Throw in some Outlander and yeah. see how that changes things for you. <laughs> yeah. So how do you like unsolicited advice from Arnie, Jordan? Oh, I love unsolicited advice, Anthony. <laughs> I, I ask for it regularly. I'm sure you and do. so then it's solicited. <laughs> I should have asked the question, do you get any? Because now I'm just making the assumption that she that she just, you know, doses it out there. It's funny because I asked for her not to give me any more unsolicited advice, so it still remains unsolicited. Um, you know, the difference between being a spouse and being a coach is is real. And I think that's, you know, usually the conversation we're having. I'm, you know, there's, you know, spouses have the ability to be honest and direct. But then also to bring in that same compassion and caring because it's pa- the passion that, that I know Stephanie and Marnie have around the topics, but also in the balance that it's in the context of a relationship versus a professional coaching experience. Um, you know, I think it's one of the, the, the things we strike the balance on. Um, you know, and I, I push back when when hardline coach shows up as opposed to, <laughs> you know, loving spouse. <laughs> Um, and she pushes back when you know, she's like, you know, are you making that choice just to spite me? I'm like, no, I'm making that choice because it's really good. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just like anything else. You're harder on those people that you love, that you live with, that you spend the most time with. And that's, that's a work in process for me, for sure. Yeah, I think it I'm is ruler on the back too. of my hand, though. That was harsh. <laughs> <laughs> I really like that distinction you made, though, because I haven't heard that. Like, we haven't discussed it like that. Coach versus spouse. That's a really good distinction. Mm-hmm. So who is it when I get back from the grocery store? Is that coach or is that spouse? <laughs> Depends what you come home with. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he did a really good job at Costco today, I have to say. Usually it's like... I will say candies and all the crazy (laughs) stuff comes home and John just will leave that stuff in the garage. I unpack faster (laughs) to avoid inspection. (laughs) (laughs) Everything gets put away and the things I want to see, those are on the counter. Yeah. Everything else is away. Totally. I'm just really glad he didn't come back with like non-food items that we don't need. We get that quite a bit too. Yeah. You can't go to Costco without an impulse purchase. It's yes. like a Target run, you know. Yes, for, Sur- for surprise us. Surprise and delight of Costco. That's the merchandising <laughs> strategy. I know. So, John, what's your favorite date night? Ooh. You know, it, it, I'll reflect back. What's interesting about our relationship is our first date nights were, were two 20-something Americans living in London. Amazing. So a date was comprised of, you know, Things that are pretty cool and yeah. pretty unique. A weekend was comprised of a trip to places that you know you, you don't even think about as being conceivable. And so, you know, I think transitioning from you know dating as singles to dating as a as a married couple is generally a hard enough transition. Layering in the fact that our starting point was something that was pretty cool, and it was great to experience that together. Um, but honestly, 
to me, an ideal date night tonight is not, or to, in today um, is something that allows the two of us to have a conversation without talking logistics and operations. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> something that's quiet and peaceful. Could be on the back patio if possible. Could be in our kitchen. It could be in our dining room. It could be at a restaurant. It could be anywhere where you can just step away from the operations of our life into just living in that moment. I think living in the moment, the concept of wandering is something we really, we try to work in on trips in different moments. Like we were in uh, Italy for spring break with the kids two years ago and, and we, we, you know, we didn't overschedule. We said, let's just wander. We would walk all day without mm-hmm. having to sub that scheduled regimen. So a lot of times one-on-one conversations become logistics and we try to focus on how to make them just like living. Which includes not talking about the living art of living while podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was a beautiful answer. Thanks. Did I read the script right? <laughs> <laughs> this is way off script, guys. Um, so, so how did we come to calling this one the Salt and Pepper podcast? Because I thought it was that I'm turning more salt than pepper these days. Well, you both are actually. Yeah, are. <laughs> I think you have a little. You're a little ahead. Yeah. Yes. Barely, both, barely. Barely, yeah. Yep. Well, so we have a funny story about salt and pepper because we got married. We were living in London and we decided to get married in Hilton Head and we hired a wedding planner. And we went down there for our first visit. Neither one of us had ever been to Hilton Head, by the way. We decided to do a destination wedding there. And within the first like day or two, she's like, she had this great Serena, um, had this great accent, Southern accent that I won't be able to get right but she's like you guys are so cute you go together like salt and pepper so it's each one of us has obviously it's obviously very unique and you know and sometimes we're more aligned than, than other sometimes times a but bit too much salt in the dish yeah sometimes a little bit too much pepper, pepper. in the dish and sometimes yeah. it's just right sometimes it's just right <laughs> sometimes you order takeout yeah <laughs> yeah so it was just sort of it's sort of that Yin yang balance, right? Yeah, we're back to the the Thai, you know, salt, salty, sweet, spicy, and sour. Exactly. They're bringing the all the elements in balance. Yes. If there's too much salt and too much pepper, it's not a good combination. So, is there yeah, a similar but... analogy for the art of living well? So, are you two like like celery and carrots, oh. or you know, <laughs> like? Uh... Fresh and crunchy. Kale and spinach. I mean, what do you want? Yeah. Blueberry and radish. We haven't. Yeah, we haven't. We haven't gotten there yet. We'll have to explore that. That'll be a topic for another. Yeah. Another podcast That's episode. An interesting thought. Exactly. Um, so Jordan, what's your favorite place, or where would you want to retire one day? Hmm. So I love Minnesota, and it's a great place, and I love it. I, I don't love it as much come February, maybe March. It's a little too much cold. Um. So I don't know that I can picture living somewhere else year-round, though. I would love to have uh, a, a wintertime getaway, um, mountains, I'm thinking. I'm thinking maybe Colorado. Love Colorado. But, um, but retirement is a far way away for us. I, I like living in the present and enjoying the time we have. That's such a good answer. Because we, we don't have an obvious pick either when people ask that of us and i yeah i don't see us um having like one place that we keep going back to i feel like we could travel you know rent a place 
in January in Hawaii, in February skiing, and I'm, <laughs> we're totally the same way though. Well, I'm not. I, a, I you know, somebody said, "What's your favorite food?" I don't have favorites, right? We were lucky enough to live in Europe and travel quite a bit. What was your favorite place? I don't have favorites. You know, things aren't better and worse; they're different. And that uh-huh. difference and that experience, that exploring, that wandering is a phenomenal aspect. And as much as I appreciate the roots and tradition of having a place you always go to, Minnesota cabins are a great example. I grew up in New Jersey, we're in the Jersey Shore, in a shore house, right? And phenomenal, phenomenal traditions and, and, and attachment to it. But at the same time, the exploration of all these things that are out there that are new and different. That's what I, I, I think about as well. What is going to be a great way to spend my time? And how do I balance that, that love of having that place that you can call your own, that you enjoy, and you go back to, versus that exploration and wandering of the things that you don't get to see every day? There's a great article in the uh, New York Times this weekend about the uptick in Vermont real estate during COVID. And, you know, they, I mean, the population of some of these towns is quadrupled. Hmm. And they look like phenomenal towns. But the, the culture and the community of those towns are so different than the population that are now living there. Right, and the influx of it was, you know, it was fascinating to explore. But then what permanent effect are you having on a community when you change it that much, that drastically, right? And I think that, you know, we're, we're all stewards and citizens of, of this place. And how do you be present without you know, leaving your fingerprints on things that really aren't yours and yet immerse yourself in part of a community that you want to join? Like, the world's complex. I just love exploring it. That's awesome. I do too. We do too. And hopefully we're all well going to get to explore it yeah. soon <laughs> again. There's so many places I still want to go. So. I know. I know. <laughs> better open up soon. Um, so, John, if you started a restaurant, what food would you serve? Well, given my inability to pick a favorite <laughs> uh, when it comes to food and cuisines, and my love of cooking, I mean, We've learned to cook a variety, I mean, it, you know, while I've loved to cook a variety of cuisines, Stephanie's the one who really delved into learning how to cook Indian cuisine, which is a very different and complex set of flavors and ingredients. But yet once we got into that, I'm like, this is, we can, you know, we can learn all these things. You know, that world culture, that notion of being able to serve things that are fresh and local and seasonal, that are inspired by whatever the day is or the mood is, like, to me, that would be an awesome experience. As much as I love going to a rest, you know, a restaurant that fits my mood, I would love to have a restaurant that conveyed the mood of the moment. That would be really hard for most customers because, you know, if they want Italian and I was, you know, the mood that day was Indian, they're not going to be too happy with Shea Potter, right? Right. But at the same time, as a restaurateur, as someone who's, you know, if I'm part of that restaurant. You want it in a place where people love and they love what they're doing and they're thriving in it because that's going to carry over to whoever's eating there and experiencing it. So I don't know. Well, I think you just like, came up with a new concept what's, right what's, there. No, um, in Robbinsdale, what's it called? I'm blanking on the Traval. name. Travail. Oh, Travail. Yeah. Travail yeah. kind of does that where they, you know, this. You're putting your hands in the, in the you're, your you're putting your, your faith in the hands of the chefs. Yeah. And I, I, I have a huge respect for that. I, I you know, think about the creativity and the passion and the purpose in that. The fact that you, you're you're making things not like you did yesterday, but like it's supposed to be made today, because today you're making what today requires. Mm-hmm. Um, like I, that in the moment essence is, you know, to me would be awesome, but would also require a great team because I'm just a home chef. Right, that's <laughs> awesome. So shifting gears a little bit, um, Mar- Jordan, I know Marnie is like obsessed with the Peloton and 
<laughs> loves the bike and the app and all the workouts. Well, what do you, what's your workout routine look like these days? So it could be a little better. I'll be honest, but uh, I enjoy biking and I do use Peloton some. I love to be outdoors biking. And it's been a little while since I was in a more running, swimming, swimming routine. Mm-hmm. I, I had been doing some triathlons, but it's getting it's getting a little ways away ten from years that. Ago. It's been a while. <laughs> not ten, not ten it's years, but it's been out. a while. So, Arnie, so on the uh, you know the birthday list, let's get a big fan to put in the Peloton. So you can feel like the wind's going down, <laughs> yeah. especially for December and January. That'll exactly. probably be better. That's awesome. <laughs> That'll work well, right? <laughs> Maybe it's like a mural on the side. It looks like you're like biking through the mountains or something. Um, what about you, John? Uh, our our workout routines are very different. Um, I mean, Stephanie has. It's interesting as I, you know, look at how Stephanie's developed what her her current uh, workout routine is versus what she has done over time. Um, you know, I would say we aside from family bike rides together, we generally don't have the same workouts a little tennis but that's sort of until you get just you know annoyed with me or i'm not we're not at the same level yes i'm great so, at, i will run 10 miles chasing a yellow ball <laughs> but it's hard to just run 10 miles yes yeah, stephanie said you play tennis and golf yeah and i but again i need to like like running in my group was a swimmer so a gravity was never my friend right i always lived in a semi gravity neutral and buoyant environment so the pounding of, of running and, and the monotony of it which is funny because swimming is a fairly monotonous activity yeah. which is probably why i'm adverse to monotonous activities <laughs> um, but i'll chase a ball like you can't believe I, and i'm the best golden retriever out there when you put a yellow ball on the court but tell me to go run shuttle sprints for an hour doesn't work no. yeah okay so jordan what what do you do for fun what's your like fun or passion hobby when you're not working when i'm not working i so i enjoy doing things outdoors so marty and i will go um we'll hike together you know bike um walk around the neighborhood we have a puppy a covid puppy who we got i don't know if you talked about her earlier on the episode but um but uh taking her on adventures has been has been fun so so doing those things um and then connecting with uh, with friends together. Yeah. Yeah. Not a guy's guy. <laughs> right? If you say so. <laughs> <laughs> we won't go, go in there right now. But is that unsolicited advice? <laughs> <laughs> or an unsolicited opinion. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what about you, John? What do you like to do for fun? You know, I, I mean, I, I, I'm social by nature, as is Stephanie. I like uh, spending time with our mutual friends. I like spending time with our respective friends. Um, you know, as, uh, I don't know if this is a guy thing, but, you know, I don't spend the time talking about stuff and on the phone and, you know, other things with friends that are more remote, but I'm in the moment. So it's, you know, whether it's playing golf, playing tennis, you know, you know there's a couple of friends that are just spending, you know, half an hour catching up or just being social um you know i certainly enjoy getting out and doing activities with the kids especially as they get older and they're more able to do these activities right so whether it's biking or again tennis and golf are great lifetime activities that you can do um or even you know i've been coaching lacrosse more and i'm much i'm a much more able lacrosse player than i was when my oldest son started playing that was fun just to get out there and and, you know do that with them Um, and obviously stephanie and i you know play we play tennis together and get on the bike and try to do 
frequent walks with our dog. But, you know, the schedule doesn't always work on that in the same time frame, so. We're working on that. But I'd say you, you love to cook and cook for friends, too, as far as passions and other things. Wasn't that a different question? Oh, just <laughs> hobbies. It's, it's an interest that you have. Well, creative outlets. I love to cook. I mean, that yeah. cooking is one of my primary creative outlets. Actually, that's one of the funnest things to do. When we're sitting there at like four o'clock on a Sunday and, you know, Stephanie turned to me, she's like, I have no idea what we're doing for dinner and we have nothing in the house. Well, I'm like, hmm, challenge. <laughs> yeah. All right. I have 45 minutes to come up with something phenomenal based on the premise that we have nothing in the house and no idea what to do. Like, but to me, that's fun. Like, what right. can I do? Yeah. Well, I like giving you like, here, all the vegetables that we have <laughs> what and what can you do with it? And you love that challenge. There's like a whole cooking show on that, isn't yeah. there? And yeah. we've transformed our Sunday brunch into, and you know, it, it built on the concept that our kids kept wanting something more along the lines of a hash or a, you know, kind of the, the traditional potato, potato-based hash. Uh-huh. And so then I, I kind of took that concept and I'm like, all right, well, I can get us in that direction, but let's change the components, right? And, and so now, I mean, they, over the course of the summer, we're doing a Sunday, you know, egg-baked hash that was... It was phenomenal. We, I kept every every week was different, which of course Stephanie's like, wait, wait, wait. it's not what it was last week. Like, You're right. She's like, what's different? I'm like, I don't know. I, I want to break it I, down. This so, is my moment now. So are you using real potatoes and? We've shifted from Japanese potatoes to uh, Japanese sweet, sweet sorry, potatoes. Sweet potatoes to Japanese sweet potatoes to no potatoes and black beans. One time. I mean, yeah. just different. And you're different putting things. it all together with eggs and into the oven. No, no, I'll do it all in a skillet, work okay, it down, yeah. and then just the and then, uh, <laughs> put some eggs on it, and we're all good. I think the key to you know, cooking with oil is uh, you know, just don't, don't overcook things. Yeah. Well, we had a, a different... We heard a different story earlier today. Oh, I already briefed him a little bit on that. Yeah, I haven't told about it yet. <laughs> anyway. Oh. So, anything I'm else? I'm of the French school. Yeah, okay. Okay. So how has the pandemic changed changed your routines or changed your lives? I've, and I've said this before, and I've said this on the podcast, I think there's been many silver linings, and I think it's been good for our family. And it's, the kids are getting busy again a little bit, but overall, it's been good to slow down. I love family dinners, and I actually, like, get a little crabby if four or five nights go by, go by and then I know he's going to travel. And we don't get a family dinner. Like, that is just really important to me. And so we've been able to do that a lot more now. Um, not as much as of late, but that's just something that's been important. And just having more family time together um, and more time that you and I are home. We need to take advantage of that now that the kids are in school two days a week. <laughs> that are actually well, Thursday, Friday, all of our kids are in school on Thursday and Friday. So Thursday and Friday becomes a much more peaceful day in the house because just stepping back the majority yeah. of the day. Like last week, we had lunch together out in the patio. And we had tofu, and you said you really liked it. It was during the detox. She did a really good detox. job on the tofu. Yeah. tofu. It was a phenomenal salad. Um, you know, Mondays and Tuesdays are hectic because all three kids are hybrid from home at the moment. Wednesdays, uh, only two of them are at home. But, yeah. you know, it's a, you know, I think enjoying, you learn to appreciate, in general, I'd say COVID has taught us to appreciate moments that we didn't appreciate. Be it moments at work that you no longer have, being interactions that you have to do differently, be it travel that you you used to loathe all the travel you did, but now you appreciate the travel you didn't do that you really enjoyed, right? And we'll come back, we're on a pendulum, we'll come back to some different place than where we are now, but you have a greater appreciation for it. Um, you know, the folk, the people that you can't see as often as you would have, or in the ways you would have, you, you appreciate and cherish that time more. 
I think, you know, for us, it's very much that. I mean, our siblings, like our kids all got closer, and then they got too close. And then, <laughs> yes. And, then they, uh, and they're, now they're, they need a break. Yeah, and now they <laughs> break from each other. Which is natural, right? right? But, you know, we've got two boys that are five years apart, and seeing how they were able to use that time to grow their bond better, right? We've got a girl in the middle who, you know, as a girl in the family, you want to cherish and protect, and you've got two boys around her who are just intent on being chaos, <laughs> um, and trying to seek their own attention. So, you know, you navigate it, and, and in the end, I think it's been great for all of them. Yeah. What about you guys? So we had a son who was home from college for a chunk of the time, and it was it was time that we sort of earned back with him, right? Uh-huh. Uh, time that we wouldn't have had otherwise. So that was really special. I think it's, it's really just made us slow down, um, and I think just that stopping and smelling the roses and... Mm-hmm. You know, taking care of some projects and, you know, working off the bucket list or picking up our kids, you know, picked up a new hobby or a new instrument or one of them tried to learn a new language. Um, right. You know, just just uh, trying to find ways to, to do things that are maybe slower, but, uh, you know, taking taking a bunch of things off our plate, uh, a bunch of activities that um, that previously were there, sports and activities for the kids and uh and enjoying each other and i and i agree with what you said john too about um connecting with people cherishing the time that you do have i think uh i I really enjoyed winning some time back in our lives so avoiding commute times has been you know we don't have very long commutes in minnesota anyway but but uh but it makes you appreciate when you can just have you know a zoom meeting and it's an hour and at the end of that hour you know you're done um, which is which is kind of nice too, um, and we had a ton of family time. We did, yeah. We had a lot and of family time. Took road trips and trips that you wouldn't yes. have otherwise had planned, right? Yes, we did. We took some amazing trips this summer. Yeah, and usually we'd go somewhere flying, but we drove and had very different experiences, and it opened up a whole new world. Exactly, and now we're gung ho on taking that Montana trip next year, so. I'm excited about that. Highly recommend. I'm excited about being in Montana. You're excited about getting to Montana. So we'll see how the two. We're not road trip people yet, so we're gonna have to figure that out. So I was so anti road trip before COVID. Like, he would always be like, "Let's take a road trip," and I'm like, "Nah, I can't be in the car for that long." We had a great time. Like, it really was not bad. Now, if I had the chance to fly, would I take it? over driving maybe I would but I didn't want to not travel right so it was either we take a road trip or we don't go anywhere right and you just realized you could do something different yeah you you overcame well and I think for me like I'm such a planner and so not planning and doing these amazing trips was really fun and different yeah like we literally decided like two or three weeks before we were going to take these trips and they were great, and right. I didn't plan it three months out, yeah. which was awesome. And you didn't have to, so another yeah. silver lining. Okay, so boys, one question that we end all of our interviews with, that we ask all of our guests, um, and you are no except, exception, is what does the art of living well mean to you? So who wants to go first? Well, it means your business, but uh, no. Um, <laughs> so... I'll be happy to take that first. I, I think the art of living well to me is about balance and mindful presence, living in the moment. Um, 
it's about being content with what you have and um, and I would say um, being content at in all facets of your life so at home at work with family with friends and uh, all of that really grounds a person great answer we love this question um, you know I the art of living well, to me, and I look at each of the key words, right? Art. It's not science. It's art. It's a matter of balancing and applying different techniques, different elements, and bringing them together into the mixture of composition that makes whatever it is you're trying to create well, but informed based on knowing what those pieces are. Right? Living is about being present, being engaged, being part of something, right? Not pulling away and, and not participating in something, but engaging in a way that you can meaningfully enjoy it and and thrive in it and then well and wellness come together i'm going to play off the word thrive but it, it comes down to what does well mean in the context of what are you trying to achieve what are those things that are going to give you that life that is whole that is complete and if you're living it and applying that art that makes it you then your art of living well is how you bring yourself to living that whole you so to me the art of living well is is, is an, it, it's a it is a unique concept to every individual but it builds on the things that we learn from one another. We draw on what each person brings so that we each can live our own best life. Wow. Wow. <laughs> that, was, that was very well said. <laughs> and there you go. Well, thank you for having yeah. us here today. It was fun. Well, this was super fun. Um, we'll have to have a, you know, maybe this is an annual, an annual bonus episode that we share. Or maybe it's more than annual. You guys did a great job. I know. I'm not sure why. Please. Jordan and I are starting our own podcast next yeah. week. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what I was just going to say. I'm like, I hope they don't try to like, you know, take this over from us. <laughs> Seriously, though, thanks so much for coming on today, guys. And this was fun. Yeah. Well, thanks fun. for joining the Jordan and uh, John <laughs> podcast. You guys are great. You're wonderful guests. I hope you have us again soon. <laughs> cheers. 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 <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to the Art of Living Well podcast. We are so grateful that you joined us today. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend or anyone else you think may benefit from this information. We'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast, leave us a review, and tag the Art of Living Well podcast on social media. If you want more inspiration in between episodes, you can find us on social media at theartofliving underscore well on Instagram and Facebook where we will share snippets from our daily lives and our journey to living well.